0: welcome to Gap Hill. It a busy day today. A lot of things going on. Continue to worship. That was Cassidy. Thank you again.
1: Good morning, Gap Hill family. Welcome to church and welcome to family day. Oakley and I are so excited that you are here today and welcome to those online. In our Junior's Children's Church, every month we have a Bible scripture that we memorize. And so Oakley is going to tell us the scripture for the month. Okay, Oakley.
2: Be strong. Okay. Courageous. courageous. And courageous. And be.
3: afraid. Hey, God. With you. You. With you with you. Did not want me. me? Six. Yay!
0: great. Have you come to bless the Lord today? Let's stand together and lift him up for he is an awesome God a mighty God. Lord I pray you have your way today oh God and move like you want to move for we are dependent upon you oh God. Lord we bless you in this place. Let's worship the Lord together church. Sorry, a little transition. Continue to worship the Lord.
3: Welcome to
2: Family Sunday, everybody. This is some of the girls from our youth group up here, and I'm excited for them to lead y'all in worship this morning. So just worship with us, um, the same God that moves in each one of us moves in them too, and so I'm excited for them to lead you
0: the Lord Church. Honor his presence. Honor his presence. my the honor, we bless your holy name oh lord hallelujah thank you for his precious blood hallelujah 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 continue to worship you may be seated
1: can we give jesus a hand clap of praise in this house today Man, what a joy to be in church today. So good to see everybody here. Man, man, oh man. I have been running around this morning like a chicken with its head cut off. In this generation, some of you are saying, oh my gosh, in this woke culture, don't you dare say that around my kids. They'd have never made it in Grandma and Grandpa's day, would they? Because they sent your grandma out there and said, you go get the... All right, anyhow, we won't go there today. In the book of Matthew, chapter twenty-eight, I want to speak a sermon entitled, Where Do We Go From Here? Now this is a typical scripture I'm going to read today that you would typically you would typically do the resurrection of Jesus Christ, Easter service. So I'm um, just prepare for that. But I want to read the whole chapter uh, today. I do want to make just a few, a few notes this morning before I get started. We have new more members that will be joining this morning. We also have, after the new members, we have baptism at the end of the service. Somebody say hallelujah, God helped us to fix the heater in the baptismal this week. Amen. God always makes a way, amen, hallelujah. Well, whatever, I shouted when it happened, but that's beside the point. I've got to get in it, you don't. This afternoon fall festival or carnival will begin at five o'clock. It will go to seven thirty. If you want to help set up, you need to be here a little early. We're gonna be here probably at three o'clock, three thirty. But if you're a volunteer if you drop in about four o'clock, that would help us a lot so we can be prepared, have our games set up and ready to go. We're going to have a lot of vendors here tonight. It's going to be a really, really good day. We've got Operation Christmas Child boxes. If you walk out this door, turn right down the hallway. There's a little desk that is sitting there with all of this information on it. You just package one of those, fill it full of the gifts, pick the child you want, the age that you want, and return it by November the 12th, and we'll ship that off. It's a great ministry. I'm looking forward to doing that for these kids that don't really get much Christmas at all. Senior adult choir practice next Sunday, 11 at five thirty, in the choir room. In the book of Matthew, chapter 28, early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. His face shone like lightning, his clothing was white as snow. The guards shook with fear. When they saw him, they fell into a dead faint, or fell as dead men. The angel said to the women, Don't be afraid, he said. I know you were looking for Jesus who was crucified, but he isn't here. Somebody say amen. He isn't here for He is risen from the dead just as He said it would happen. Come and see where His body was laying and now go quickly without, with haste, go quickly without hesitation and tell His disciples that He has risen from the dead. He is going ahead of you to where? Anybody see it? Galilee, that's going to be important in a few minutes. You will see him there. Remember what I've told you. So the women ran quickly from the tomb. They're frightened, but also at the same time, they're filled with great joy. They rushed to give the disciples this angel's message. As they went, Jesus met them. He greeted them. They ran to him, grasped his feet, worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, words of red: Don't be afraid. Go tell my brothers to leave for where." Galilee, and they will see me there. So as the women were on their way, some of the guards went into the city, told the leading priests what had happened. There's always a tattletale in every crowd. I just hope you're not the one. A meeting with the elders was called. They decided to give the soldiers a large bribe. Now this is the religious folks. You gotta watch out for religious people. You gotta watch out for people that are religious. You can be religious and not be spiritual. And that's a sermon in and of itself, and I really don't have time to preach it to you today. But we're going to give you a large bribe, money talks. And they told the soldiers, you must say, now get it right. You got. It. If you're going to memorize a line, it's like a Christmas play. You say it this way. Jesus' disciples came during the night while we were sleeping, and they stole his body. If the governor hears about it, we'll stand up for you so you won't get in trouble. I doubt that's going to happen. So the guards accepted the bride and said what they were told to say. Their story spread widely among the Jews and they still tell it today. That is an important vital piece because many of the Jewish people still do not believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. The story that was told way back when, I'm reading over 2,000 years ago. He says even to this day there are those that still spread it. His body and it's still a theory among even real Jews. I mean born Jewish people. The theory that Jesus did not rise from the dead, we are still waiting on him to come. He never, the disciples stole the body. There's all kinds of theories. Watch this. Then the 11 disciples left for Galilee. Somebody said there were 12. Well, Judas has already hung himself, the betrayer of Jesus that Satan entered into. He's out the picture. 11 disciples left for Galilee going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him. Can you believe it? But some of them still doubt it. There are some people, it does not matter what Jesus does, they will not believe. Jesus told some of the folks in the Bible, He said, I've lived among you, I've come among you, I have done miracles for you. Miracle after miracle after miracle, and you still don't believe I'm who I say I am. Even his disciples, when he breaks bread and he takes fish and and loaves and he he feeds the 5,000. Many say upwards of 25,000, women and children included. And then they have another scenario that happens like this. And they start freaking out again saying, Jesus, what are we going to do? And he said, were you not here the last time I got brought a few fish and some loaves of bread? Some of them doubted. Jesus came and told his disciples in words of bread. I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, to the church, he said, Go and make disciples of all the nations. You baptize them in the name of the Father, and we're going to do this today, and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this. In other words, you better remember this. I am with you always, even to the end Of the age. Can you say amen to God's holy word today? Where do we go from here? So many times in our lives, we look at something that is going on in our lives, right? We think it is one thing, but in reality, when we pull back the curtain, we figure out that it is something else. In other words, we see Through human eyes, and I preach this so often, but I think it's so important for Christians to grab today. That what we see happening in our lives is what our flesh sees. But what God sees is something totally different than you see. I I want you to grab that today. So when you are looking at your situation, you don't know what's going on and fear grips your heart. I want you to understand that when this curtain rolls back, it is going to be different than you thought it was going to be. God has always got a purpose and a plan. When I think of God's church, when I think of us today, everybody sitting here, our young kids, my goodness, what a world. We apologize for the world you're having to grow up in. We apologize to you for the children at your school that sit there and curse God's name in vain. We're sorry that the system's gotten that corrupt. Today we are in a unique world. Things have changed. There are different generations in this house today as we celebrate family day. And what you remember as a kid, some of you sitting here was keeping your windows unlocked. Anybody? Anybody? And the reason you did that is because you didn't have air conditioner. And so you let the breeze blow through. Some of you, when they got a little fan, you even sat it in the window and the fan would pull it through. Nah, y'all don't know what I'm talking about. We must have been really poor is all I can say because I remember that. We are in a unique moment right here and right now. This is a moment that we find ourselves in places we've never been before. We are in in uncharted territories, much like the disciples in my text. Jesus has been with them for three and a half years. They are about to see him ascend to the Father, and their question is, where do we go from here? What are we supposed to do when you're out of the picture? We find ourselves in a unique... I was sitting there studying just... I believe it was Friday or Saturday, maybe Saturday morning, and I was thinking back in my mind. Sometimes it does us good to go back. I was sitting there thinking in my mind as a pastor some of the things that I've dealt with. And the first thing that came to my mind was the year 2020. Does anybody remember 2020? Now some of you that that have foggy memory, I'll say it in one word, COVID-19. When that pandemic hit our land, Now I know there's conspiracy theorists in here and you're still trying to figure out if it came from a bat out of a cave or if it came from a lab. And that's not what I'm trying to debate or dispute today. I'm just trying to tell you it happened. However it happened, if it was intentional happening, I have no idea. But what I do know is over 3 million people global died, had COVID-19. And I am sensitive to the fact today, and we must remain sensitive to the fact that there are people among us that lost loved ones in that dreaded year. Mm-hmm. Some of them were in your family, some of them were people that you knew, some of them may have been your brothers, your sisters, your whoever. It may, have, but it was close to home, and, and you recall it. But see, I look at it really from a church standpoint, and I think about 2020. And do you know when it was announced on earth? When they said in the United States, we are announcing that there is a pandemic, COVID-19, it is breaking out. Do you know what happened in the world? Fear sees the heart of everybody. Don't try to act super spiritual at twenty twenty hindsight. Talking about, oh, I was never worried about it, bless God. Because you got in your house too. And you put on a mask too. And you were scared to death because you didn't want to get this dreaded disease. Nobody knew anything about it. We didn't know if it was made from chemical. We didn't know. All we knew is we wanted to protect ourselves and our family. And a pandemic had hit our world and fear gripped the hearts of men and women. Somebody said, Pastor, let me tell you. Churches literally shut down. Can I tell you not hundreds of churches, thousands of churches closed their doors during the pandemic and a little thereafter, thousands of churches. They don't even know how many. They closed the door. You know why? Weekly attendance plummeted. 50 to 60 percent, sometimes even 75, 80 percent. Some churches were reporting that they've only got 15, 20 people that are sitting on their pews. What are we going to do in this world? I heard pastors in conference calls that I had, and every single week we would get back to the same discussion, and it would always whirl around. How's your attendance doing? How are things going? And every pastor had the same story. I am trying my best to be a pastor through this season, but at the same time, I'm trying to tell my people you do not have to be afraid if God is for you, who can be against you? But at the same time, we are sensitive because we know there's older folks who are trying to go through this. My point is that a pandemic hit. There are thousands of churches that closed down. Many of them still remain closed today. There are many, I read an article yesterday, that say that their in-house attendance, the highest that it got was 85% of pre-pandemic levels. Isn't that sad? In other words, some, the pandemic's over. But some people that quit coming to church during, I'm going to preach to y'all today. Lord, help Jimmy. And I got so much to do, but I'm just going to go ahead and do it, all right? I'm just going to preach to you. There are so many people that sat at home so long, they got used to their rocking chair. And they got used to wearing their flip-flops and wearing their bedroom shoes and their nightgowns. That they said, we don't need to come to church anymore. And I love my Facebook audience. And I honor you guys today. And I appreciate you watching. But I'm telling you, you've got to be connected to. You've got to be connected. There were many people, they never stepped foot in a church again. They were done with church. They said, I'm not going back anymore. A pandemic. I'm telling you today, we have been through some things that we've never been through before. And then we roll over few years back, or I don't know how long it's been. I spent over a year. And then Russia decides, we're just going to take Ukraine. And so now we're in the middle of a war over there. And then next thing we know, Israel, Hamas attacks them, literally. They claim that there's, there's, there's awful, and you've heard the news. I'm not even going to go there today. We've got kids in here. But such tragedies that happen. Even the small innocent children in that place. It is such a sad thing to even think about today. Hamas, them terrorists, they did that. So, what did Israel do? The IDF did what the IDF should have done. They said, We are going to hunt you down in your tunnels, we're going to blow you up, and we're going to kill your terrorist network. And that's exactly what they're doing right now. But amidst all of this, they decide they're going to attack some of our US bases. So now guess what we've done? Now we are engaged yet again in the Middle East. And for all you people that think, oh my gosh, and I'm not here to preach end time. Jesus, help me today. I'm all over. For you people that think America is the end times, I hate to say it this way and I'm typically not this bold, but you're wrong. It's not in your Bible. If you want to know where the end times are gonna happen, you look to a city called Jerusalem. That is where you're gonna see the signs of the end time. My point is we are in the middle of all of this. It is called the end times and fear has seized the heart of people. We're gathering beans, we're gathering rice, we're trying our best to figure out what we're going to do. But I want us to take a moment today as a church and I want us to just forget about all the news and all the things we've been through. I want us to go deeper than what we can see with our own eyes. And I want to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying unto us. And I believe that what God is saying to the church is this. I am resetting my body. Does anybody understand what that even means? If you went to the doctor today and you had a broken bone, do you know what they do? Sometimes they literally reset. That's what it's called. Reset the broken, it don't feel good. It's not pleasant. Hold on, I'm gonna count the five, and you be ready. One, beep. what? You didn't give me the five? I am resetting, in other words, what they're doing is getting you back in proper alignment. And I believe that what Jesus was trying to do in Matthew 28 and what Jesus is trying to do today in his church in light of all the events that are going on around us that would bring fear into our lives, and our homes, and our hearts. I believe that what Jesus is saying to us today is I am getting you realigned. I am putting the church back in its proper place. There is a reset and god does not want us to miss the reset that is going on are you still with me today a closure is coming for the disciples season they have been followers for nearly three and a half years a chapter is about to end a new chapter is about to begin and jesus is literally flinging them into the nations of the earth You haven't had to think for yourself, all right? You didn't really have to pray because Messiah was with you. You just stood there and got to watch me and learn from me. You watched me do miracles. You've had very little responsibility. But this thing is about to change. The responsibility that has been on me is about to fall on you. I'm going to do my part. I'm going to die for him. I'm going to do my part for all the sins of mankind. For God so loved this world he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes in him, they shall not perish. They shall have everlasting life. I'm going to do my part, but Brian, I am leaving. And when I leave, there's going to be a decision you're going to have to make. And the question is going to be, where do we go from here? Where do we go when Jesus is gone? And when Jesus tried to tell them, I'm going to be leaving. And the disciples said, well, hey, to whom shall we flee? I want want to preach to you just a couple things today. The first thing that Jesus tells them is do not be afraid. At least 19 different times in the New Testament, Jesus or an angel said, do not be afraid. Be afraid. In my text that I read you today, the women were afraid because they were encountering an angel. The disciples were afraid, rightfully so, because they thought the Roman government was about to plot their death and kill them. They have been framed. Anybody know what that is? You people that watch those murder mysteries. They have been framed for stealing the body of Jesus. They are running around, scuttering from hole to hole because they know that once Jesus is gone, Jesus is no longer going to be the target of the world and the religious crowd, they're going to have the target on their back. What in the world are we going to do? The first thing God said to them, Jesus said, He said, the first thing you cannot give in to fear. You cannot be afraid. A church that is afraid will be paralyzed in its journey. A church that lives in fear will never do anything. I'm going to give you a few examples. Financial concerns. Churches all the time worried about money, right? Oh, we do something. We had the money to do it. Let me tell you something. God is your provider. Tradition and change the way we've always done things and then all of a sudden we're going to change it up a little bit and people get afraid attendance numbers I don't mess with you during covid-19 i remember Byron, the first sunday we opened up i won't ever forget it that was probably one of the most difficult seasons as far as managing a church that was probably one of the worst seasons i've ever been in it wasn't church trouble right That's a different type battle. I've been in those before. But this was a managerial type thing to where you're trying to manage a body of believers and you're trying to keep them focused from a cell phone. Hey guys, good to see y'all this morning. Hope y'all still encouraged with Jesus. There's no laying hands on them. There's no shaking hands with them at the back door. There's none of that stuff. You are in a season. And I remember we decided, well, we're coming back. Bless God, we're tired of this junk. We came back, had about 70 people. Running 200 plus before it. But now we've got 70 people sitting And I remember I looked there and thought, oh God have mercy. What in the world am I going to do? Where are 125 plus people at this morning? How long is it going to take to even get them back in the house of God? It can scare us resource limitations volunteers we can't do anything if we don't have enough external pressures that's from the world this is what the disciples are experiencing the outsiders that are pressuring them fear of the unknown not knowing what's happening next another thing that paralyzes the church is past failures do you know what that is? that means we tried it back then and it didn't work pastor I hate to tell you but it ain't going to work this time either Appreciate your faith, brother, and your honesty. But I've got four words for you. Do not be afraid. So Jesus says, I don't care how long your list is of reasons and ideologies and things that you have come up with as to why you're not going to make it. My words to you are very short and sweet. Do not be afraid. Don't be afraid of them. Don't be afraid of yourself. Don't be afraid of the enemy. You are victorious through me. Now, now, this is the second thing. is He gives them direction, right? At some point or another, we have to move forward and know that there is something that we can move towards. In other words, if we're not careful... As Christians, as churches, we can, and I think the resetting that God did was to show us, sometimes it's tough, and I think the resetting that God did, I heard one person say, and I hate to say it this way, but he said that what God was doing was separating the wheats and the tares. I heard one person preach it and they said what God is doing, he is resetting your body so that he can get the right people in that congregation to further the ministry and gospel of Jesus Christ. (laughs) In other words, God is giving you what we call the cream of the crop. But in our moments that go really, really good, it is so easy, even as leaders, to think, hmm, things are going good. We're gonna settle in and we're just gonna chill. We're on the interstate. It's smooth right now. We're putting this baby in cruise control and let her run. In God's kingdom, there's no time for that. Because in God's kingdom, it is always you gotta move forward. In God's kingdom in the middle of a world that is full of chaos God is not telling the church to retreat and to back up with fear oh you're not gonna make it there no 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 what God is saying is you have been called to be the light of the world you are the salt of the earth if the salt is lost its savor what good is it if a light is covered by a bushel and you cannot see it what good is it it is time for the church to be the church of Jesus Christ and move forward there is something better in your life, in your church than you have right now and you have to realize there is progress to be made get up and be the body of Christ you ladies and gentlemen you have been Holy Spirit empowered you according to Jesus in the book of Mark if I read the great commission over there you had been given authority that you, the Bible said that you would even take up serpents. And I'm not talking about snake handling today. We don't do any of that around here. Just want to clarify that. And y'all say that's dumb, preacher. No, it's not. I've had people call the church and ask me if we handle snakes. No, literally, I'm serious. I am not even playing with you right now. They have called me and they have said, what kind of church are y'all? And I say, Pentecostal. They say, what is Pentecostal? Are you those folks that handle those snakes? I said, ma'am, if somebody brings a snake in there, I'm running out the door. I won't be there to preach. What's wrong with people? This is how blinded people are. They don't understand. But Jesus says he has empowered us. to so be the church. God wants us to live on purpose. Sometimes he won't give us all the details of where we are going and how long we're going to be there. But he will give us direction and he'll say to us sometimes you only take one step at a time. That is all you're going to be able to do. Every time, Byron, it ain't going to be like a, woo, praise God, we were back there, now we're here. Let's shout together. Most of the time, it's, well, all right, we're doing a little better. Numbers are picking up a little bit. We went from 75 to 76. All right, let's keep going. Next week, you got 80. The next week, you got 70. And you're, oh, my God, no, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. But God said, no, 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 you're still moving forward. you just can't. It may look like to you that things are. But look at this house today. There's people all over this house. Got a crowd in here today, a great number. Thank you for coming today. And I'm telling you, this is what God is trying to say to us. Do not be afraid. Because what you see is superficial. What you see is temporary. But the things that I see are eternal. It's my kingdom. I'm going to take care of it. You don't have to worry about that. Abraham, book of Genesis. Abraham, oh Lord, I'm sleeping good. What's going on? Abraham, I need you to get up from here. I need you to start packing. Time out. Let me get a swallow of water. No, I'm serious. Let me get a swallow of water. I'm really serious. He's saying, Lord, is that you? Yes. Yes, that's me, Abraham. I need you to get up from this place. Where am I going? Abraham, just get all your wives together, and I'm not going to teach you on that this morning. That's another sermon. Get all your wives together. Get all your kids together. Get all your sheep. Get all your cow. Get all your horse. Get everything that you've got, because tomorrow morning I want you to take this tent down that you've gotten comfortable in, and I want you to go. Where am I going, Lord? Abraham, I'm taking you to a land. You just go. You know, sometimes God is saying that to us. I believe He says it to us as individuals in our personal spiritual growth. And I believe that there's times that God says it to our churches when He says, Get up and just go. But, Lord, where are we going? Just go. But, Lord, are we going to have the resources? You just go. Are we going to have the talent? Do we have the space? Do we? And God's like, would you just shut up and go? Go. G-O, that is your met. Where do I go from here? You just go. And Abraham got up. The Bible said he started walking. And this is what God said i'm feeling what i'm preaching today i'm sorry and god says to him one night he's getting ready to go to bed and god says abraham isn't it a beautiful sorry night tonight Whoa, yes lord it sure is man i wish i had a telescope (laughs) they didn't have them back then i'm sorry folks that was a joke and you missed it it was a bad one it's a bad one look up all right lord i see all these stars What does this mean? He said, as many as the stars are in heaven, so will your descendants be. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. What a promise. He goes to bed. He gets up the next morning, and he says, God, where'd I go from here? He said, God, it's time for you to pack up everything again, and you're going to go. As he's walking on his journey in the middle of a desert, I believe, the Bible said, he said, Abraham, and he said, yes, Lord, is that you again? Hold on, folks. God's speaking. He says, Abraham, look down at your feet. Do you see the sand at your feet? As many as the grains of sand, so shall your descendants be. And Abraham, I'm going to let you in on a secret that I didn't tell you when you first started. I had to make sure you were going to have faith to believe. But Abraham, I want you to know that everywhere your feet touch, That is your land. That is your territory. So you just keep walking and I'm going to keep blessing you. I would to God that the church would grab a hold of that concept that everywhere our feet go, God's going to give us that land. Amen. 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 In other words, I'm walking in Walmart in Central and I'm saying, God, this is our place. These people in this building, they're our souls. You're bringing them in. You're bringing them in. Give me an opportunity to talk to somebody. And all of a sudden, here goes somebody that says something. You're up to say, oh, hey, yo, it's nice to meet you. Yeah, 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 you you go to church anywhere. And then all of a sudden, the conversation starts and it's birth. And next thing you know, they're sitting on your church pew. That is the way that God works. What I need you to do is believe that wherever you walk. God, you're going to give us this county. God, you're going to give us this city. God, you're going to give me back my home. God, you're going to give me back this state. Are you hearing what I'm telling you today? Walk and you can have it. Just, G-O, just, thank you, go. So Jesus says, go to your brothers and you go to a place called Galilee. Now, for many of you, Galilee doesn't mean a thing today. But see, Galilee is where it all started. Mm -hmm. I said Galilee is where this thing all started at. God wanted them. He wanted to take them back to the beginning. He wanted to take them back because the foundation is what matters the most when times get tough. There is a house in the Bible that is built on the sand. The winds blow, the sea rages. And guess what happens to the house in the sand? We used to sing a song every Sunday morning for our church The rain came down as the floods came up. Anybody know what I'm talking about? All right, there's a couple of Pentecostals in here, the rain came down. And we're sitting there with la, 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 half singing churches, loving every minute. I don't even know la, la, la. But we always remembered this part. The house on the sand fell down, and we jump in, and they're singing the next part, and we're still jumping. Come down, come down, come down, come down, get There's another house we want to sing about. The house on the rock. And then we got to sing, the house on the rock stood firm. See, there's some of you in this building today that you may be going through some things, but what is going on in your life that you don't understand is your foundation is being tested. And what God is trying to see is if you're going to be a house on the sand or if you're going to be a house that has been on the rock. Matthew 16, 18, upon this rock, I will build my church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Many churches during the crisis, you know what they did? They figured out their foundation wasn't quite strong enough to make it through the storm. But thank God, here we are today by the grace of Almighty God. And it lets us know the foundation that this church has been built upon. It is the rock, Jesus Christ. I have got to hurry today and finish my sermon. The church right now Wants details. But the Lord is just giving them directions. It may be a simple word. It may be go. It may be do. It may be trust. But God says before I can release you to where I'm sending you, I must first reset you. I want you to be light to the world. I want you to touch the world. But I need to get you reset before you can be effective like I want you to be. Sometimes we can't hear the direction that God is giving us because our ears are so busy trying to hear what we want God to say. See, when we pray, we have a tendency to tell God exactly what we want. God, I want that brand new Porsche. So God gives you a brand new Pinto. Does anybody remember those? I'm not talking about the Bean. Does anybody? (laughs) No, you're. I'm 40 years old, all right? We must have been really poor. (laughs) We had the Pinto bean that we drove around in. But see, your car wasn't running anyhow. But you say, but God, I didn't want a Pinto. I don't like the shape of the Pinto. It's like kids these days. You buy them a car, get them a nice used car at a decent rate. They don't understand what that means. And all they can do is gripe and complain about the color. You do like my mama. I said, if you want to ride, that's your car. You want to walk, walk. Yeah. And guess what I did? I got in that little purple Grand dam. That's right. And I drove down the road as happy and grinning as I could. Are you hearing what I'm telling to you today? We've got to quit wanting what we have been praying. We've got to hear what God is trying to say. And we, he basically, we want to hear what we pray. But God may have plans that are better than what we can think or pray for. Elisha walked into the house of King Joash. Joash was about to go to war I read it the other day and he tells him he says I'm going to give you an arrow you shoot the arrow he shot the arrow out the window he said God's going to give you victory over the Syrians to which he says "All right, man of God that sounds great praise the Lord he said but listen you take this bow and I want you to beat the ground with it well that sounds dumb but nonetheless, this is what God's saying. It's not what I prayed for, but all right. He went, one, two, three. Oh, I haven't done that much exercise in a while. Here you go. Here goes your bow back. And he gives him the bow. Elisha looks at him and says, What in the world have you done? Now you will only defeat them three times. You should have beat it five or even six times. That's what the Bible said. In other words, you cut yourself short of the blessing that God was wanting to give you. Just trust God. Because if you get what you pray for, it may not be as good as what God is sending your way. He is resetting us. He is getting us back in line to that place where he first called us. He's taking people back. He is reminding them about what it looks like to walk as sons and daughters of Christ. We are not defeated. We don't walk around with our head dragging the ground, our bottom lip dragging the ground like we've sucked on a lemon. We are walking in power and authority and anointing. And he calls his disciples as I close. He says, I want you to go back to Galilee. Byron, you sitting on the front pew today. That's why I'm picking on you. Um, I was probably about 15 years old. My mama, as I told y'all before, we used to clean the church. Ray had raised me. He's like a daddy to me. Raised me to cut the church grass. Sometimes I did that on Fridays. We had half a day at school. I'd go work in the church on Friday evenings. Y'all know how much they paid me? They like, you better be glad you're able to serve, boy just keeping his property up is a blessing enough so I rode my little lawnmower. at least I didn't have to push it and I'd pray but to the other Byron back here so I don't want to pick on him all day, you Byron we got multiple Byrons there come a day that they gave me a church key nowadays we sling out church keys like Skittles to the kids back then if you got a church key it was a big deal there so many people that had the church key and a 15 year old boy I got a church key and I remember going home from school one day and I remember I was so discouraged I was just a teenager see us adults think that that kids don't struggle let me tell you something in this world they struggle more than we did when we were kids what they're having to deal with I'm telling you they do some of the stuff going on in this world I've never heard of when I was a kid I don't even know what they're talking about But I walked in that church, but nonetheless, I was discouraged spiritually. I was just struggling with different things. And I remember I walked in that church and I walked up to that pulpit and there was a little cutout just like that. And the devil was just bombarding my mind. I mean, he was absolutely just, it was horrific. I was like, God, I can't even think straight. And I said, Devil, authority finally rises up in you. I'm sick of being bullied. I'm sick of him talking junk to me. Devil, I want you to know something. Right there at the age of six years old, I knelt down at that little cutout stairway and I got saved by the blood of Jesus. I remember doing that. Do you know what I was doing? I was taking the devil back to where it began. There's times in our lives that we have breakthrough moments. And I'm going to tell you something. I can take you to the exact spots where God did them for me. I could take you to Newry Church of God. It is standing about right here in front of a pulpit, walking around the church. When God gave me the answer that I had been looking for, I can tell you right there where it happened. Sometimes you've got to take the devil back to where it started and where God gave you the victory. To his disciples that are afraid, he says, I need you to go back to Galilee where I saw you fishing. And I said to you, it is time for you to drop those nets and follow me. And without hesitation... You dropped your nets because you believed in the kingdom that I was serving. And you started following me and said, Father, wherever you go, we will go. You remember, Peter, you told me you never leave me. You never deny. You told me I will die for you. I need you to go back to the place that you first found me. And I need you to understand that the God that you found back there is the same God that you're serving right now. Close. For you bow hunters out there, it's just like pulling an arrow. You pull it back in order for it to go forward. Jesus is pulling back. He is pulling them back to the place that touches them before he can Send them forward. He's doing that to you and to me. I'm telling you, Gapfield Church of God. You know, I think, I wondered, uh, when I was studying Saturday, I wondered to myself, I said, I wonder about the early church. All right. I wonder if they were worried about the AC. They were in a brush harbor over there. They didn't have AC. I wondered if they were worried about the carpet. They didn't have carpet. I wondered if they were worried about the lighting, if everything was just right so the camera could pick it up. They didn't have lighting, only what the good God gave them. I wonder if they worried about their mic systems being right. Hey, can I get a little more reverb back there so I sound better? I, I'm not saying that, Brandon. Don't start turning reverb. They didn't care. They didn't even have a microphone. They didn't have Facebook Live. They didn't have padded seats. I mean, some Sundays I have run around and I'm stressed out about is everything right? Stomach and nuts. Have we got everything running right? Sound good. Does everybody everybody satisfied? Oh, does does the music sound good? uh, Sometimes I get so worked up because I want it to be right and there's nothing wrong with striving for excellence. I think God wants us to do that. Don't misunderstand me today. But sometimes we lose our focus on where God's taking us. And I understood something about the early church at the beginning that they learned that we have forgotten. And that is that the most important thing that could ever happen in this building is not if everything is just right, not if the sound is perfect. But what matters in this building today is the Holy Ghost present in this house, is Jesus moving. And at the end of the day, let me tell you something, that's really all that matters, anyhow. Revelation 2, 1 through 5. I want to read this, and I'm closing with you. Write this to the angel of the church's heart of Ephesus. This is the message from the one who holds the seven stars. Let's go on. I know all the things. Verse 2, I know all the things you do. He said, I've seen your hard work. You have been patient with endurance. You have not given up. I know you don't tolerate evil people. There's been people who tried to come up in that church and preach false doctrine. Y'all kicked them up. Out. You have examined the claims of those who say they are apostles but are not. You discovered they were liars. You have suffered patiently for me without what? Without quitting. This church sounds really good, doesn't it? But I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. One version said you have left your first Love, you forgot where it started. Look how far you've fallen from me. But turn back to me and do the works you did when at first. If you don't repent, I'm coming. I'm gonna remove the lap of sand. I'll remove it out of your blood, out of your mist. One thing God had to deal with. Galilee is about getting back to the first love. It's about going home to the foundation. Today to our church, Jesus is resetting the body. The body of Christ has to have courage. He is providing a time to stop. Let's take a little prayer break. Let's get a strategy. Let's get a download from heaven. What is God saying? Where do we go from here? Let's all stand. I'm going to close you with this and I know we've got a lot to do today but guess what? I'm going to be as busy as anybody in this church today. So if anybody's suffering I guess it'll be me later on for preaching longer than normal. Right now I don't even care. You've got apps on your phone. Every now and again they periodically need an update. Right? Do you know what an update is? It is a downloading process in which this thing we call the Internet sends updates to our phones. There's some flaws in the programming. There's security vulnerabilities. Another word is there's bugs in the code. It's bug fixes. And I'm afraid that we... Personally, and our churches often get bugs. We get flaws. We get glitches in the systems. Are you still with me? But when your phone needs a bug fix, the updated software, do you know what it is called? It is called the release. The release in which the fix is given to every user for them to download and not worry anymore and move on with their lives. Wait a minute. Heaven has sent a release to us. When Jesus left, we could call it a download, I guess. That's what we call it, Jim. A heavenly download. And he said, after I leave, there's going to be some glitches. There's going to be some bugs. There's going to be some chaos. The world's going to be fearful. There's going to be times you're not going to know what to do. But go back to Galilee. Pull your thoughts together. Remember who I am and what I'm doing in you. And when you can pull yourself together, you go to a place called the upper room. I'm feeling what I'm preaching today. And when you get to the upper room, every glitch that you had, I'm gonna send a release. And that release is gonna come in the form of a comforter. I will not leave you comfortless. It is expedient that I go away, but if I go away, I'm gonna come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. But before I get there, I'm gonna send you a download from heaven and in the upper room and suddenly there came a sound from heaven like a mighty rushing wind it blew in the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and sat upon each one of them and they were all baptized and filled with the holy ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the spirit gave the utterance A Peter that had just denied him three times. He's got glitches, boy. He's got a mess. He goes out, he weeps bitterly, says, God, I'm not even worthy anymore. You're on a cross. And all I can do is sit here and say, I don't know this man. Fear has gripped my heart. But after that heavenly download, Jud, let me show you what happens to the man of God. say he grabs the microphone which he didn't have one but it sounds good for preaching he grabs the microphone he walks out of that upper room with a city full of people from every city and town around all over the world God sent them to the world he had brought them right there to the epicenter of where God was moving and the Holy Spirit down low was happening and he walked out there and he said this Jesus you crucified shame on y'all oh does he sound scared all of a sudden the holy ghost download happened and he remembered jesus said you do not be afraid and the bible said that they started praying and in acts 4 when they started praying and said god give us boldness that we may declare your word they can put us in prison but we're going to preach the gospel and the bible said after they had prayed the place where they done in our seasons of vulnerability in our seasons when we don't know what to do we fall on our knees we lift up our hands and we say Holy Ghost fall on me and it is in those moments of encouragement that God says where do you go from here you just go go This download will give you the power, the authority, the ability to reach the world for Jesus. Father, today I praise you for your wonderful word. I ask you if there's one today that does not know you as Savior, I'm asking you that they would make a commitment right here and right now. I'm asking you that they would pray right now, God, forgive me for every sin I have ever committed for those that have fallen away from faith from those that have wandered away I'm asking you to bring them back to their Galilee I'm asking you to bring them back to their first love I'm asking you to let them remember what you told your disciples in the last part of my text said you remember this I am with you always even to the end of the world I am asking you to bring to their recollection you have never left them. They may have felt like you did. They may have felt like people left them. They may have felt like people forsook them. But God, you have been watching over them all these years. Today I release on them the Holy Spirit. Today God release on them a download from heaven release that they can get downloaded in their spirit and today everything changes for them today everything changes for them i declare it so in the name of jesus can somebody shout amen